0: Welcome to a new episode of Called Chang with Me, Hannah. And Me, Holly. Where we talk about pop- popular culture from any time, place, era, anything can be fiction. No, probably can't be fictional, but. We're not just going to start lying to you. Yeah, let's just start lying. <laughs> it's You're all been it lies. <laughs> um. But we hope you enjoy this podcast here yeah. today with whatever you're doing. Are you commuting? Are you laying in bed? Are you having a lazy day, a busy day? Whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. chill out for this like hour <laughs> and just have a gossip with us. If you want to tell us what you think, there are many ways to contact us, mainly yeah. through social media. Yep. Um, there's probably an email out there, hopefully, that you can find. <laughs> but if not, just send us a DM. There will be social media linked below. Yep. Um, or give us a Google. I'm sure we come up somewhere amongst many other culture based <laughs> things um and also we have a patreon holly do you want to tell them a bit about a patreon in about like two seconds oh, okay two okay things. okay i'll give you like 10 <laughs> seconds five seconds for each bit
1: <laughs> we have two episodes a month one is bad book club where we read trashy fiction that we love it's not trash it's just considered trash it's often free read along with us we want to know we want to start this going we want a whole culture of people mm. bad book clubbing with us and we also have celebrity corner where we focus on a celebrity that there's not enough to focus on them for a main pod but we're still interested so if yep. you like the way we critique celebrity culture head on over head there over. there's a whole host of weird people the good the bad yeah. the strange and yeah that's what also with bad book club the
0: delight. you really don't have to join the patreon for it if you don't want to because you can just read it yourself
1: Yes, we do post which books we read.
0: Yeah, exactly, and then just let us know your thoughts. Make just your own, a own podcast list. based off it. <laughs> Steal our ideas. Go for it. <laughs> what well, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna stop you? We can't <laughs> We've not got any trademarks here. We have no legal interest in this. <laughs> Steal it. <laughs> Try us <laughs> We'll find you. This is what it was all about. Yeah, just like get creating enemies. Um if you've been here before, welcome back. We love you very much. If you're new, also welcome back. We probably will love you. It depends. Come back. Yeah, come back and then we'll see about our love. It's conditional, okay? Um but if you've been here before, you'll know that we like to start with some pop culture from the week that we've been enjoying slash hating slash indifferent and Mm -hmm. everyone else has really had a strong opinion and we haven't. Yeah. Um if we've missed something please let us know. However, we just go into stuff that we've seen a lot about. Yeah. So, we we can't see everything. <laughs> no. Holly, tell me more. Disclaimer, we
1: are recording this 2 days after the recorded the last one um due to scheduling Sch- yeah. issues. So my pop culture follows on from the pop culture of 2 days ago.
0: <laughs> 2 days ago for us, but much longer for you. Really. So a whole host also, of I things Also I love when we happen. do this cuz like it'll whenever we have to record like quite far in advance it's not even that far in advance it's we're filming recording a week in advance yeah. and we'll say all this pop culture and then literally gets to the day it comes out and we're so behind on it yeah. so if we have like <laughs> if it seems like we're very behind please keep us updated yeah what and, we missed know, um, because
1: it's very interesting
0: to think about future us being like oh for god's sake right? we missed that yeah <laughs> how did we miss we'll it? just make predictions and hopefully we get it right
1: yes so i'm going to um start with the new thing which is, um, the Marilyn Monroe dress is back in Ripley's, believe it or not, and people have been paying attention to it. It's damaged. It is being held together by safety pins for once there was a zip. Uh, crystals have gone. It's been ripped. It's been pulled. Like, the actual fabric of the dress has been damaged because of Kim Kardashian wearing it oh for that stunt. Oh my god. So, and the end, like I think you mentioned in our Met Garner episode, the <laughs> video- of the woman and she's like literally wearing supposed to be like protective gloves but like shoving it over her body and you know that thing is just flying everywhere you oh, know sure. that this fabric is breaking and pulling and even to the point i mean we've all been there it's my it's why i don't like trying things on in dressing rooms when you realize that something like isn't gonna fit yeah and, or you can't or get you it hear off.
0: like um you hear something rip yeah or like seams pull <laughs> i think everyone's had that and yeah. it's very scary but then like I'll, usually if i'm trying on and i start pulling something up and i'm like no um oh usually it's like trying to get something over like i get it over my head and it's not going over the shoulders or something yeah. and i'm like okay well i will not push this any further because yeah, i do yeah, not yeah. want to be charged any money for this yeah but there comes an element of when you have all the money in the world you probably mm. don't care
1: yep and she's in this video she's like i should have lost more weight i should have like lost more pound and it's just like you've damaged this dress because of a a crappy stunt. And I
0: know some people are going to take the viewpoint of it's just a dress and I see your opinion, but it's a cultural artifact. Yes. um, Historical artifact as well. It'd be like if there was, you know, how like you go to a historical museum and there'll be like a soldier's uniform for World War One. Be like if um, there you go. Timothy Chalamet turned up dressed in that (laughs) and was like, "Oh, I'm too big for it," and just you know, cut the trousers into shorts. It's like I don't think you understand the history behind Mm -hmm. that moment. If your response is, "Oh, it's just clothing," I I still I've said it before. I'll say again. I'm very biased. I absolutely love this dress and the idea that and because I do have a viewpoint of like, well. It's just going to be catch and dust. But no, for me, it's history. Yes. And, as you know, if, I don't really have so much of an issue with someone wearing it because I think we should rewear stuff. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but t- oh, like they've it's damaged yeah, it. Yeah, to wear it carelessly. Yes. And I think to wear it in the lasting image of you wearing it be this real pressure to lose weight to fit into something yeah i also feel and i feel free to disagree because it's probably going too far but i feel like it damages like the memory of marilyn monroe and i'm Mm. not saying she was perfect but like for someone who lived a life with so much pressure from an industry on her that it eventually just like ruined her life yeah to then be like so casually like i'm going to destroy this dress and make everyone feel so much pressure on their Mm. bodies and their selves yeah I don't know. I'm probably going too far. I'm biased. No, but it it's upsets not too me.
1: But the fact that it, after all this and it's all like no, but the dress is fine. Uh, it's like and she ruined. On top of everything, she ruined the dress. Well. I know. And I,
0: like, if I feel like if your response is just oh, it's just a piece of clothing, then. Everyone has a piece of clothing that they attach something to. That's why so many people... Imagine your mother's wedding dress. I know, that's what I was about to say. How many people keep their wedding dresses and pass them down through the generations? It's just clothing. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But it means something to someone. It's history. Yeah. 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 And I think it's fair enough for people to have an issue with it because it means something to them. Mm -hmm. And I don't have so much of an issue of her wearing it if she didn't wear it so carelessly.
1: Yeah, and she did. Or just wear the replica. Anyway, besides the point. Um, So my other two things are little follow-ups. Lizzo, after she um, released a song with a ableist slur in it, has come out and said, I'm really sorry, didn't know it was an ableist slur, and has immediately taken that version down and released a version without it in it um, to the world. I don't know if I'm just being a bit cynical, but that feels a bit, I don't know, like like planned? Does that make me sound... I don't know. I mean, Spiritual. i i would
0: I would love to hear other people's <laughs> opinions as well. And I, you know, you could maybe convince me of it. I don't think. I think it probably it was been a, a mistake. mistake. Yeah. But I don't know. People do make mistakes with wording. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, hmm. It just I don't know. Maybe it's like a bigger thing in this country that I remember. Maybe. If people used that word when we were growing up, we were always told what it meant, and yeah, maybe that's. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was not a thing for everyone, so I don't. I probably shouldn't sit here and be like, I'm surprised she didn't know that it was a slur. No. no, no. But then again, you still have people out here using like other ableist slurs. Yeah. For example, the most recent season of Euphoria, one ableist slur was oh, used yeah. over and over again, and so I can see why people yeah. are kind of getting to this point that they don't really know that these words are slurs. Yeah. And potentially she was part of that. Yeah. And I don't know. Hopefully. People are educated on it because I or think, think this is
1: the opportunity to educate them on it. Because yeah, it's like oh, why is she taking that word out? And then they'll like look at the word and they'll be like, oh, actually, it's it's difficult.
0: Yeah. Just don't put slurs in your songs. I would say. Or and if you if you didn't realize it was a slur, I think the best thing you can do is apologize yeah. and take it out. Yeah, immediately. she's done
1: absolutely what you hope that everybody um, does in that situation. Like, it just says I'm really
0: sorry, and then takes it down. And I I also don't want to be like I know that this. <sighs> If she did this, it would be a bit publicity stunty. but she could have maybe done like a, I will donate money sort of situation. Yeah. I don't know, maybe a little bit more, but personally, I think it was probably a mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And then the other thing is um, Rebel Wilson being um, threatened with being exposed that she was gay. Um, the columnist who was threatening it was like, well, I had enough un- um, sources that confirmed it without actually going to her and I gave her two days to comment and that's not actually me outing her.
0: <laughs> and this man is gay himself. <laughs> just- but then you have things like, I don't you know, remember like back in the day, Paris Hilton, mm, gay himself, yeah. but was going about outing mm-hmm. so many people, like, yeah. or at least, you know, making it so they kind of had no other option. Yeah. So, not the first time we've seen it, but no. it's very disappointing when you see it again. Absolutely. And it's just like <laughs> the
1: newspapers had to be like, oh no, we stood by the editor. And now it's more has come out, and they're like, oh no, <laughs> we God. can't stand by the editor it's just anymore. It's shocking
0: that you're still like, that's just such a poor form of journalism. Right? That's the sort of like when I was younger, and you if you were ever like a child that was very interested in English and someone at some point would say to you, oh, maybe you'll be a journalist. Mm. That was my idea of journalism. <laughs> They're sort of like okay Sun, Mirror, OK Magazine. <laughs> yeah. And I was always like, not at all. <laughs> not at all do I want to spend my life trying to out people. Yeah. No, no thank you. You had
1: your head screwed on, right?
0: Yeah, I probably wasn't thinking, I mean, I'm sorry, I probably wasn't thinking about the possibility of outing people. It was probably like... <laughs> following celebrities around On the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was probably more like that. I'm not sure I was the most like um aware child. I I would probably put it out there I was probably about 7. Um the only thing I've kind of been seeing is just the continuation of Liam Payne's um pain. Um after the <laughs> The whole hands comment, it's just becoming one of my favorite memes out there. (laughs) What's his name? Max Max from TikTok. Yeah, you know who we mean. He's on TikTok. Sorry, Max. Sorry, Max. Um, He's one of my favorite people on TikTok, actually. And he just keeps continuing this joke and I I don't want it to die. He even went up to, he went to the Capital Summertime Ball. He did. Knocked on Harry Styles' dressing room and started saying, are you hands okay? Something like that. He also screamed at him. Yeah. Well, no, I think he was just like, hello, and then he said hello, and then once he'd walked off, he turned um, around and went, I wonder if his answer right okay. <laughs> so it's just a joke that keeps on giving, which I love. Yes. Um, but then... Zayn posted, this was after we did our um, episode on this, Zayn posted to his Instagram a little snippet of him singing an old One Direction song. Not the whole song, but literally, I think it was the note that he used to sing in the band. Right. Very well sung, does it very well. It's a high (laughs) note he's giving. (laughs) Apparently, I I don't know enough about the One Direction history, but apparently when Zayn left, Liam took over and started singing this note. Okay. And I guess the point was that Zayn sung it better mm-hmm. and it, yeah anyway so in the podcast the jake paul one logan paul even one one of the polls. <laughs> um liam payne had said that despite his issues with louis tomlinson in the past mm-hmm. they were now the closest yes and there was a lot of speculation whether louis tomlinson was the one that had been that had pushed him against the wall or whatever yeah Louis Tomlinson liked the Zayn oh. Instagram clip of him singing it. <laughs> the plot Which thickens. just feels very like I'm taking a side yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And it's not the boy that's just said I'm <laughs> his bestie. And also for me, it kind of semi-confirms that he was the one that shoved him against the wall and had the hands yeah. <laughs> coming against him. I just feel strongly it is him. And I spoke with people about it today and they were like, no, I think it's Zane, I think it's Harry. No, you're wrong. I strongly feel it's Lou Tomlinson. (laughs) But I would just love it to be one of those moments where I feel like friendships have these moments where someone says something that they think is going to be profound. Mm. So in this situation, the hand. And everyone just has a moment of silence and then they burst out laughing. (laughs) Like, how could you think that would be good? And then Liam Payne would just be so there like... (sighs) I'm so angry.
1: Yeah, like getting angry and angrier because it hasn't landed the way that he thought it was. Oh, well, he thought so he was right. giving yeah. a big threat
0: and everyone's just like, "Oh my god." <laughs> also, one doesn't it sound like it's straight out of a One Direction fanfiction? Really like every time I'm saying like, "Oh, he threw him against the wall." <laughs> what, am I reading out fanfiction? Yeah. Want to oh, it sounds like he's just stupid. read fanfiction and been like, "Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's read Larry fanfiction, thrown it in.
1: He well, he was sad he wasn't part of it." Oh, he's trying to start. He's trying to
0: start. He wants to now be a part of the fanfiction. What would
1: Liam and Louie be?
0: Lee. <laughs> Leo. Leo's. Leo's. Louis. Leo. It's too hard. <laughs> I, I hate it. So it's not happening.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not happening. You can't ship no, it. It's not a good ship. You could do it with their last names. <laughs> <Pain> Linton. <laughs> Tained? Tained? <laughs> Tained. I've no- I keep forgetting their name. Anyway, uh, is that everything? <laughs> that is everything. So okay, far. that's the
1: end. The end. Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks. Um. No. Um. We're here to talk about a very famous man.
0: A very, very famous man. Um. We're talking about RuPaul. Now, the reason I think this is a good transition from ne- last week, mm-hmm. not next week, is that last week we were talking about, you know, kind of people who end up being gay icons or just really helpful figures Mm -hmm. characters in the world um for a lot of people and it's not necessarily intentional like it doesn't you know they're not even the people that you would think would be actually so helpful to so many people yeah it's just so random Mm -hmm. and we were kind of talking about how do they so one of the examples that you used was judy garland Mm -hmm. like how you know how it can be a harmful harmful stereotype but also like what is it about these people yes. there's nothing about them they're not part of the community themselves no, no, that no. we know of so what is it that they're doing yeah. that is you know making them so helpful to so many people yeah And I think looking at RuPaul is kind of the opposite in that everything (laughs) about RuPaul, and I do think RuPaul has been very helpful to the LGBTQ plus community in a way Mm. of like getting it into a average household. Yeah, he's brought drag to the nation. Exactly. But how can someone who has done so much and been so helpful also kind of been so unhelpful in other ways?
1: still be damaging.
0: Exactly. Mm. I just feel like that's an interesting comparison. Yeah. But I do want to say that I think that for as much bad that RuPaul has done, there is a lot of good that he's done Absolutely. too. and I don't wanna I don't wanna detriment that. And no, it also no, no. even though he maybe hasn't done as good like as much good in my generation for the generation before mm. I think that he probably did a lot.
1: In terms of, like, a trailblazing successful black man, mm-hmm. never mind being a drag queen yeah, <laughs>
0: in, like, America,
1: he's had so many albums, he's had so much of his life, like, performing. I think he started going to drama school when he was, like, 15 or something.
0: Yeah, and also, it's he's so successful now that it, I feel like it's hard to recognized that he was not always that successful mm. and didn't come from... I'm, we're so used to nepotism babies now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But kind of does reflect the struggle that a lot of drag performers have. Mm-hmm. That, like, this, the way, like, the start of their career is very difficult. Yeah. Like, it's not an easy route to being so successful. It's not... It, it's a very hard thing to do openly mm-hmm. and you receive a lot of criticism for it. Yeah. Um. And so I feel like it is important to recognize that he wasn't... We just, I just feel like he's been famous the whole time I've known him. Yes, but it was yeah. such a difficult point, like a difficult journey to get there.
1: Absolutely, and I think as well, probably networking, and also as a presenter, he's very likable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> like I'm not controversial to say that Will Paul <laughs> yeah. is a likable figure. Yeah, um, in terms of like presence on telly, mm-hmm. it made sense why he had a radio show, um, for so long. But kind of that essence of having somebody it's probably just like a long time coming that you can try and convince the powers that be have control over like television rights and um broadcasting and commissioning things yeah for the masses that actually there's this what's considered a subculture and i think as well when i was watching a lot of um pose a lot of that focuses on it's the new york ball scene in Mm -hmm. the 1980s and it's this very like black joyous space yeah and i think as you know they don't go hand in hand but i don't think pose would have been commissioned possibly without the success of something like drag race which is terrible in lots of ways yeah. but it's also it's bringing different kinds of stories and also looking back at that kind of scene that RuPaul was yeah. a big part of that this is where they start and this is you know this is a huge area of the and like Madonna, um, Vogue, like yeah. voguing, that's taken straight from ball culture and kind of the discussion that they have in poses like cultural appropriation. Yeah. But she's talking about us and she's we're being seen on like a mass scale, which has never been done before.
0: It's a very difficult thing to navigate because as much as you can sit here and be like, I think that RuPaul has done a lot it feels kind of insensitive because there was a lot of other people who were doing a lot but do not get the recognition. Never have. And probably never will <laughs> probably because, never like, will, yeah. the different backgrounds, they just didn't, they were yeah. just not as fortunate. Mm-hmm. And also, I can't remember who it was because this would be years ago now. It might have been Trixie Mattel but I'm not sure. In fact, I don't think it was. But that tweeted and I think this is a common sentiment that's like you can watch Drag Race all you want, but like who's supporting your local drag performers? Yeah. Like you you can sit at home and you can sort of have this distance between mm-hmm. it. But then, you know, are you really not that you need to go to a drag show?
1: No, no. no. Because
0: obviously you have to pay for that and you don't necessarily have to pay yeah. to see a drag race, but it's like are you actually showing support to the community in general or are yes. you just are you just enjoying it as a little bit of a form of entertainment
1: and a very like other form of entertainment as well and i think the whole i know there's a certain like age bracket of older woman that's very loves like has a gay best friend and is just like really kind of fetishistic about having a gay best friend that is like this massive stereotype that has this percept it's like this viewership of drag race and obviously i'm generalizing but it's that kind of like oh but look at look at them go like yeah oh, look look at the queens go Ooh. and you just think that's that's so true actually of them not it's not translated to like their local community and yeah it's it's still another thing that you can be completely separate from and it's a bit I don't want to say like sideshowy either but I think some people might have that as being like the spectacle but yeah. it's never but you know if like you encountered a trans person or, you know, you sat next to a drag queen on a train, yeah. how would you react?
0: Yeah, and I think it's, <laughs> it, it just, we like I feel like when we hold people like RuPaul up so much, yeah. it's just important to remember that there was a lot of other people doing a lot of work potentially b- behind the scenes or just not getting the recognition mm-hmm. that led to people like RuPaul being able to be so successful and it's the same with all the drag queens and drag performers that are on drag race now and that get a lot of attention like i'm very happy for all of them yeah but it's just important to recognize that there's a lot of people who are doing the same thing and not getting the recognition Mm -hmm. and not getting as like and it's never good treatment for drag performers generally (laughs) but like are getting pretty terrible treatment like it's just important to make sure that we don't hold other people up on a pedestal and forget about everyone else who's helping keep them up there
1: and it's like oh there's one good drag queen yeah she's allowed to be the tastemaker for the rest of the drag like the the one voice in the whole drag community which I don't think RuPaul does herself but I definitely think potentially in like terms of media it's like well, RuPaul look is the to, drag queen. Look to <laughs>
0: RuPaul for opinions. I yeah, think that's yeah, when, yeah, yeah. and we'll get into it. But like when RuPaul was making transphobic comments, yes, it kind of. I don't know this for certain, but I feel that it maybe maybe made like other people be like, okay, so it's okay if I have those thoughts because yeah. the drag queen themselves, yes, is have like feels the same. Mm-hmm. So like actually, my opinion's valid. Yeah, and that's why, like you say, I don't think I don't. I mean, actually, RuPaul they'd call themselves um, the queen of drag. So I'm not saying that they themselves hold, them, uh, hold themselves up to be the leader, mm-hmm. but I think other people do in a lot of circumstances, yeah. which could lead, because they have quite controversial views sometimes, mm-hmm. can lead to people being like, oh, okay, so that's fine. I'm like, saying okay. drag
1: is like this homogenized group, which I don't think the show itself does intentionally. I think they always do have, you know, there's been... Um, and I mean we will get onto the trans um issues yeah. <laughs> with RuPaul. and but there's been like trans drag queens, there's been a um I think a a female um drag queen performed I possibly in the UK one
0: actually. I think it I might have, have been the UK one. because I haven't watched the UK one. I'm not aware of the female was, performer, but I think you're right.
1: Yeah, I think I, I that was potentially the one that I've like started watching it at, which was very recently. Um but that kind of a lot of like young white thin men.
0: I think that I feel like I remember the season that Courtney Act was on, and I love Courtney Act. I think that they are great. But a lot of people's response was kind of wanted all drag queens yeah. to look like that, which is quite realistically like. St- Stereotypically feminine looking, mm. but that's not the point of drag. And I feel like we suddenly got into this thing of like, oh well, they should look like women. Otherwise, yeah. it's like it's disconcerting for me. Yeah. And I do feel like that's why Drag Race is quite good because really, get a you get to see drag, the like yeah. actual art behind it. Absolutely, and I feel yeah. like one of the first people. Mm, no, I feel like that's giving them too much credit, but like. Trixie Mattel is probably the biggest example of like mm-hmm. I feel like everyone talks about dressing up as Trixie Mattel and doing the makeup because it's yeah. not it's not necessarily the typical like she Trixie Mattel doesn't look like no. Act. She doesn't look like a real woman and that's in mm. quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a it's a it's drag. Yes. <laughs> it can be whatever you want it to be, but most yeah. importantly it's a performance. Absolutely. It like It doesn't necessarily criticize gender, but it can, but Mm. it plays with it. Like, and I don't know that RuPaul always recognizes that. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, that it can, I don't know. I feel like it means something different to a lot of different people. And I think that's the beauty of it. Exactly. I think that's why it's so important that we see, like, we don't just see like cis men doing drag. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think the reason that people are struggling to come to that terms with that is because that's kind of, what the beginnings were particularly yeah. in terms of like drag race mm-hmm. that's what you were seeing yeah and like, kind of like traditional drag and now I do like that you're getting to see like people experimenting with more mm. and more different things absolutely I do really enjoy that because that's interesting it's performance art but then yeah, exactly but you do get some people that are very much like oh you should look like Courtney Act or some like very special
1: like trying to pigeonhole drag acts, which is just ridiculous. And that's nothing against- expression. Exactly, and it's drag,
0: and it's like wonderful for what it is, and the unexpected yeah. is part of what it is as well. And I love Courtney Act. That's not me saying like, but don't look like that. Do if that's what your expression <laughs> yeah. is.
1: Absolutely, is do
0: whatever you want. It's a very visual expression, mm-hmm. and it's
1: a character, and it's it's just so wonderful. I think I just really love um (laughs) i just really love drag queens all the time yeah but there's what is interesting is one of the most recent controversies with rupaul's drag race in america is that they have recently um and they announced their list of people Mm -hmm. who are going to be on season 14 i think it was last year and one of them is this cis heterosexual man um who does drag (laughs) and the world is like hold on, <laughs> they have every other space in the world and now you're bringing him to the safe space that's very, yeah. um, you know, part of the community. This person does drag but isn't part of yeah. the LGBTQIA plus community. What's going on here, RuPaul?
0: <laughs> I mean, I would love to hear more opinions on it because I feel, like, I agree with that. I just feel like, I don't know, it feels... Yeah, you're right. And I want to hear more people's opinions because there mm. is also a part of me that like it's also difficult, like, oh, I'm not saying that it's difficult for cis white men. <laughs> but like the struggles with toxic masculinity Yeah, that showing that drag could also be done by cis straight mm. performers yeah. could also be helpful in some mm. way in that not necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying we need to appeal to the the straight men but i'm saying like it might help people to come to terms with it not being so stereotypical anymore that like it's not a stereotypical thing that just comes from like really camp gay men who are going to be my gay best friend like and you know we'll go for brunch afterwards it's like (laughs) that it helps sort of challenge that and be like Mm. well you know it's also like it can be it's a performance it can be done by anyone because this is
1: that's exactly what um so it's maddy morphosis Uh, that's what they said about their performance that it you know it does counter toxic masculinity and yeah and it's been a safe space for him for his whole life
0: yeah and like i don't know i want to hear other people's opinions on it because absolutely i don't think that my opinion should be any influential opinion at all (laughs) and i honestly think my opinion is probably irrelevant um, but, yeah, we're very
1: aware that. Oh, yeah, but it's interesting to read exactly. about and research, which is why we're which is why we're here.
0: Yeah. So please do not take that <laughs> as me being like, well, actually, like <laughs> we need to look after the straight men. No, no, no that's no, not no. what I feel. I just feel like toxic ma- masculinity is something that's so prevalent, and also <laughs> making it. I don't know that you know not all people doing drag are going to be. You're gay, bestie. Mm. No, it's not. It's not it. <laughs> it is not it. Um. So, maybe a brief history of RuPaul. Yeah. I think the first prominent thing, and t- please tell me if I'm wrong, but like the first very rise to prominence moment for RuPaul was the Love Shack video. Yes, that was like the big moment, and what an iconic like first big moment <laughs> right that if song to, is incredible the video is incredible
1: one, you would probably pick something like that <laughs> oh for
0: sure or i would pick what's the elton john oh elton john i'm still standing because i don't know if you've seen that video <laughs> no. the video for that Bruno Tonioli from da- um straightly from dancing yeah. is like one of the dancers in it so every time i watch it i'm like Bruno, Bruno, <laughs> and it's just it's very camp it's very fun and i love it yeah And so it'd be either that or it'd be Love Shack. Like if that had to be your rise prominence, I would have it be (laughs) still Standing or it would be Love Shack, and I'd just have or like a Lady Gaga video. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I would
0: just be in paparazzi just at some point. (laughs) That would be it. (laughs) Some point, Um, but yeah, that's and after that, like things keep coming up well. But like I say, long journey to get there. Yeah, not an easy journey.
1: No, but he has been... I would say since, like, the 90s was Mm -hmm. really the time when RuPaul's music started to get quite a lot of recognition. So his debut single, Supermodel, You Better Work, um, was included on his debut studio album, which was Supermodel of the World, 1993. He became a spokesperson for MAC Cosmetics in 1994, um, raising money specifically for the MAC AIDS Fund, which I didn't know MAC had an AIDS fund.
0: MAC... um I hate your policy on animal testing, (laughs) don't do it, (laughs) but bare minimum alert, that's pretty good for the time. Right? Like when no one else was talking about those kinds of things. Because what market do you think is going to create a lot of money for you? Mm. Drag queens. This is the beginning of it though. Exactly. um, He's the first drag queen to land
1: a major cosmetics campaign. What's that? In the 90s. I know. Now, look where we're at with the kind of monopoly of um, drag market fan bases. You know, it was literally a group of people that were waiting yeah. to be represented and adored yeah (laughs) you know and why wouldn't they be but it was so for so long it was so stigmatized and the homophobia and it was just like this would never be the straight people were like this would never be marketable what are you talking
0: about and now they're like yay gay (laughs) (laughs) also i just feel like back in the day because i remember like the sort of sitcoms i was growing up on There was kind of this common joke of, like, if women were compared to a drag queen, it was, like, what an ill insult. But honestly, now, if I did my makeup (laughs) and someone compared me to a drag queen, I would be, like, that is the best compliment. I'm so bad at makeup. (laughs) They're, like, the best. And, like, the fact, you know, whenever you watch them do their makeup... Mm the techniques they've got, they just share them around and they're just I stuff know. you would never... Like, who first came up with gluing their brows down? Right? Because I want to know. Yeah, who first came... <laughs> who first got a print stick and was like, boom, 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 glued is, my eyebrows down? Look how but, smooth like, it is. Who who was coming up with that? Right? So it's so yes, innovative. If, yeah. if you come... That's the best news yes. for me. <laughs> I don't think you understand how bad I am at makeup. How bad? Also, like, we just have to take tip, tr- like tips from drag performers on makeup because, mm-hmm. like the enlarging your eyes yeah incredible so good like and all like, the little tips the and tricks likes and
1: the sweat yeah and, and it, it still, still looks immaculate. good
0: and i feel like you know a couple of years ago when there was that trend of like everyone doing the brats makeup yes it's just kind of drag performance it was really like, draggy yeah, yeah like you are just <laughs> you're basically stealing their tips and tricks like i'm yes. seeing these like Girls like me st- sat there gluing their brows down, and I'm That's like, this is, good yeah, "This is yeah, this is what they've been doing for years, and we're just stumbling on it, so we can look like so Bratz dolls Apparently, you um glue your brows. Yeah. down <laughs> who thought? <laughs> Isn't it fun? Every time I see someone glue their brows, down I'm like, I really want to do that because I feel like it would feel like I should feel like it would feel so good. But then getting it off, oh, I would love it. Pick
1: it off. Pick Ooh. it off.
0: Mm-mm. It was a full body shiver. I just feel like if I was doing drag, I think I would just shave my eyebrows
1: yeah it's probably easier
0: can't be bothered with gluing them down (laughs) i understand why they don't i would look ridiculous with no eyebrows (laughs) but sometimes when i wear my glasses with no makeup on they just land specifically where my eyebrows are and Mm. i do look eyebrowless anyway so (laughs) you're already halfway there (laughs) yeah most most of the days of my life i'm looking eyebrowless
1: go for it girl if
0: you ever meet me the likelihood is that i will look eyebrowless and also just in overwhelmingly big glasses just way too big for my face. <laughs>
1: anyway, it's not about me. <laughs> um, so, from this kind of early success, uh, he very quickly got his own talk show on VH1 called The RuPaul Show, which he hosted for over 100 episodes while co hosting the morning radio show at WKTU with
0: Michelle Visage. I know that she's oftentimes controversial, oftentimes not the most loved judge. <laughs> i, love, myself- I michelle really love michelle i love her i love her love of
1: england like, and um alan carr yeah they are besties, besties. so incredible to hear them talk to each other
0: i i just love her i i know i probably shouldn't and also, but she's too iconic
1: but she doesn't love she loves london obviously but when she talks about like liverpool i think i've heard her talk about blackpool
0: at one point Uh-oh. blackpool is very drag But this is what she said. I think this
1: was it. It She was talking about the drag shows in Blackpool. And I was just like, Michelle, I love that you have... You've loved Blackpool. Never mind been to it or heard of it or passed by it. She loved Blackpool. And I just think that's such like an endearing quality to it. I know. I don't know.
0: I don't know. And also, I just love her hair. Yeah. I just feel... Oh, she's just always got a look. And I know again not a perfect being but i just i do love her and rupaul's friendship yeah I think, isn't that like being I doing something with your bestie for like i don't know how many years. i know and having your whole career just be you yeah. and your best friend like chatting i love that and also <laughs> wait was it a clip of her and leah Ram- ramini ramini you know scientology yeah. leah ramini <laughs> yeah. I, sorry if i'm saying your second name wrong there was a clip of them being like I think it's them. If it's not, I've fully made up who it was. But I think it's her (laughs) and Michelle Visage. And they're being like, "Um, what would you do if someone said that you had lots of Botox? And they'd be like, thanks. Like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I just love them. I I do find it a very wholesome friendship, her and RuPaul.
1: Yeah, I really, I like seeing them on screen. I think Mm -hmm. she has a very good energy with, I know she can be quite a harsh judge, but, but also I I always love the, yeah. the harsh
0: drugs. Drugs? <laughs> I just said I love the harsh drugs. The half judge broadcast. <laughs> judge I was always Shake come dancing, and I've mentioned it twice now, Craig. Yeah. Craig was always my favourite judge. Really? I think, think some of those people need to be torn down. I think they deserve it. And sometimes like genuinely they're not Crying dancing. But they're not dancing well. And then everyone will be like, oh my god. You haven't even watched it in recent years. You haven't known the trauma. But they'll be like, oh my god ten. Loved it. Just because they like the people. Oh, and I'll Craig's like, like okay, well, you know, I liked it, but the footwork was a mess. And it yeah. was. <laughs> and he's like seven. And everyone's like,
1: what? We love honesty. Yes. And judge. I yeah. really do. And she knows what she's talking about. hmm And I like it. I really like it. So yeah, so kind of from there he records and writes tons of music. Fourteen studio albums out of twenty twenty two. Received a Tony Award for Best Musical as a producer of the musical A Strange Loop, love which that. I did not know anything no, about. Know. <laughs> but love that, absolutely. Um big on the Georgia club scene Mm -hmm. was known by his full birth name in the early 90s. Um, RuPaul performed solo and in collaboration with other bands at several New York City nightclubs, most notably the Pyramid Club. He played opposite New York City drag performer Mona Footy um, in a one-act science fiction parody, My Pet Homo, written and directed by John Michael Johnson for Cooper Square Productions. Um, Just did a lot of like Wigstock Drag Festival, which I think the name is just absolutely iconic cool was in word. the documentary of Wigstock the movie <laughs> <laughs> he, in the UK his appearances on Channel 4 series Manhattan Cable, a weekly series produced by World of Wonder presented by American Laurie Pike about New York's public access television system. I had no idea
0: No, whenever, because like whenever I think about RuPaul being like doing the UK version of Drag Race, yeah. I was like it must have been so weird for him to just you know come, come to yeah like that must be weird however he's like they've actually had much more experience with England than I realised yeah, yeah. when I was looking into the history very
1: early on very much like part of television must mm-hmm. have very like not I don't want to call it groundwork but lots of fingers in lots of different pies yeah, doing lots of different so. coverage of different things so I can kind of it makes a lot of sense now Having the kind of reading into his background of television, why all the ingredients of like Drag Race, yeah. were kind of stewing in the pot.
0: Do you ever forget beforehand. how tall he, like RuPaul is? Because sometimes <laughs> I do, <laughs> and then I see RuPaul and I'm Did you see him beside? Is it Nicola,
1: um, Cloughlin for Dairy Girls? <laughs> no, I didn't <definitely laughs> see that. She's tiny. She's tiny, and she guest judges on one of the yeah. UK episodes, and. He's so tall, so tall. She's just so tall, especially in
0: like in drag. Well. Oh yeah! Oh my
1: god, it's an iconic picture. We'll post it. It's- but also,
0: I feel like also when he's in a suit, I'm like, yeah, she just wears like really elongating suits. Sometimes. So long, like just so tall. I always forget. <laughs> but it's like Lady Gaga. i Always forget how short she is. Me too. Like it's always a surprise. It's having big. Person energy. I would like to see them stood next to each other. Right. That would be good. Good content. <laughs> Have they ever, has anyone seen them in a room together? <laughs> the same person. <laughs> How worrying would that be? Oh, what a worrying turn of events. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of like my bits that I saw in the um, Yeah. but I mean, on the talk show, he had share. Lil Kim, yeah. Diana Ross, like tons and tons of these really famous people. They had comedy skits. They discussed topics as um, black empowerment, female empowerment, misogyny, liberal politics, which didn't really talk about apparently on nineties no. television at the time. Um, and then he did win uh, the Vito Russo Award at Glad Media Awards for work in promoting equality in the LGBT community, which I think you know in terms of bringing that, yeah taboo inverted commas Mm -hmm. you know you've got all these incredible people and this view of the community and the people that circle the community as we kind of discussed last week you're bringing like Cher Diana Ross and you're having these discussions on television in the 90s also
0: this is semi-irrelevant but I don't know if I'm remembering this wrong but I was just thinking when you're saying like iconic people did RuPaul do the Tammy Faye Baker documentary really I don't know but like as soon as you were saying that I was like I feel like I remember RuPaul <laughs> oh god. and Tammy Faye Baker like having some connection. I really hope true. Let me is just true. check that. she was on the RuPaul show. I love. So maybe it was that, but I thought that you did the, docu- the the original documentary. Oh my god. Um let me just see. Yeah, cuz the original one's called The Eyes of Tammy Faye, isn't it? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, or at least he yeah, he's the voice. So, Oh my god! Narrator. He narrates it. I love it. that. So, I don't know, I do kind of love that. I really love that. Yeah, so there you go. Oh my god! But anyway, bad things.
1: Yeah, we do, we do have to address the issues. Yeah. Uh, do, we, do you wanna start with fracking or No, I wanna
0: end with fracking because oh, fracking. as as terrible as things for the environment are right now the, um, it's worse for the trans people. And also <laughs> it is kind of an like I don't want to say it's funny, but it no. is kind of funny. Yeah. Just the way that it came about, like the way that it was revealed. <laughs> because it hasn't officially been revealed and we'll get on to that. Yes. Yeah. So tell me the sad sets news.
1: Twenty eighteen. RuPaul talks to The Guardian again. Surprising.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like some people in their interviews with The Guardian just give way too much away recently. (laughs) I feel like that's where all the weird celebrity interviews keep happening. With also just the weirdest celebrities. Like, not, I feel like Willem Dafoe did one recently and it was just bizarre. But also, that's (laughs) Willem Dafoe. Yeah, 2018, The Guardian.
1: Um, He stated that a post-transition trans woman would probably not, inverted commas, be accepted onto the show, noting that at the time of the competition, Peppermint had not yet had breast implants. Um, And then everyone's like, uh, what are you saying on social media? And also former contestants who have transitioned. Mm -hmm. Um, RuPaul compared trans drag queens who had transitioned to athletes who had taken performance enhancing drugs. He subsequently expressed regret for the hurt caused by his remarks and that the only screening criteria for contestants was charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. His um, full what he exactly said his his real words were you can identify as a woman and say you're transitioning but it changes once you start to change your body it takes on a different thing it changes the whole concept of what we're doing we've had some girls who've had some injections in the face and maybe a little bit in the butt here and there but they haven't transitioned i don't call drag wearing women's clothes inverted commas um he, when, so he also discusses the, the dichotomy of trans movement versus the drag movement whilst championing the merits of both when it comes to expanding the boundaries of gender expression he says women don't really dress like drag queens, we are wearing clothes that are hyperfeminine that represent our culture's synthetic idea of femininity, drag loses its sense of danger and its sense of irony once it's not men doing it because at its core it's a social statement and a big F you to male dominated culture so for men to do it it's really punk rock because it's a real rejection of masculinity
0: but the thing is, it's called oh. it's called Drag Race. Yeah, that can be any drag. There could be yeah. any drag you want it to be. It's not Drag Queen Race. No, it was never specified. It had no. to be Drag Queen Race. Drag Ra- Race. Drag Queen Race. But that's irrelevant because yeah, they're still drag queens. Like yes. you can still be a drag queen. I would say, like regardless, regardless of how it's... you identify. Yeah. Um. Obviously, there are drag kings as well. Mm-hmm. But I have no. Like, I don't see why that should be an issue either. No. Like, at its heart, drag is all about just rejecting gender in general, in my opinion, and feel free to disagree with that. But, like, it feels like it's just a rejection and also a space for people who have, like, been treated badly because of how they identify to sort of play with that and be able to feel, I don't know, welcomed. And I know... Mm -hmm. Regardless of what people's opinions are on it, but when we were talking about the straight man who, like, I don't know, like, why Mm -hmm. would that, is that, like, would he be more accepting of a straight man doing it because he's, you know, a man? Yeah, like, what, where are the rules? Like, it feels, it just does feel transphobic. And it's like to have drawn
1: the line there. Yeah, it is. There's there's nothing in the line but transphobia. And also
0: saying like, "Oh, I obviously don't think it's just men dressing as women, women." But essentially yeah. what you're saying is yeah, that you yeah. do think that. <laughs> yeah. Like you've said in words that you don't believe that, but everything yeah. you've implied is that you believe mm. that. But also there was issues before as well just like implied like so in 2014 Carmen Carrera and Monica Beverly criticized the show for using slurs at this point and that's Mm. 2014 for a show that is very like revolutionary Yeah, doing that in 2013 so instead of like I think this was a play on like in America's Next Model you got Tyra male in Mm. this it was you've got she male and they later removed that after this criticism but Mm -hmm. RuPaul was not happy about that being mm. removed and criticised the policing of his language. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, as you know, it's so yeah. difficult because, like, you've clearly upset people. Yes. Yep. That's not policing your language, really. Like, no. you did say it and no one stopped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was broadcast. Yeah, it was broadcast. <laughs> you weren't pleased. Like, you haven't gone to jail. No. Like, you've not really received any massive, like, issue, any no. massive... Penalty for Penalty it. for what you've done. Yeah. That's not policing of your language. Are you in jail? No. <laughs> the studio heard yeah. people's criticisms and probably thought, it's probably best if we take this out and don't do it again. Yeah. That's not policing. No. No. it's mm. Yeah. So there was that. And also, I am aware that there is now, like, different gender identities being showed on the mm. show. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. But as RuPaul admits, like, himself, he says that, like, oh they transitioned afterwards and stuff like uh-huh. that and we are seeing more of a change now but I don't know it feels like there was a time where it was very much like it still wouldn't be shown on the show but
1: yeah no I I think it's interesting when you look back at the contestants and the way that he talks about it now mm-hmm. that it is like oh but it was fine because they hadn't transitioned and that so much of it Is underpinned with like these little bit. Even the person that you want to hold up as like the best drag queen that's ever existed—that's this like pinnacle of the community.
0: Still, but that's why. Like, I feel like that's why people hold RuPaul up because it's acceptable. Like, that's that's why. So. Ellen did so much for the gay community, like, for lesbians, like, did so much. Yeah. But the reason was because it was family-friendly. Like, Mm. it was able to be put into people's house and them go, I don't know, someone's grand could see it and be like, oh, okay, and Ellen's a lesbian? But (laughs) Ellen obviously wasn't the perfect lesbian, because who is? You know?
1: Because we're all human.
0: Exactly. But there are certain figures... The, members of any community that are just more family friendly yes. and I'm not saying that like obviously everything RuPaul does is family friendly per se but it's more like you're more likely to see that in a household mm. than some drag acts because yes. it, you know people don't really like families people you know who are just kind of recognizing drag and being okay with it now Yeah, they don't really want to see the things that really challenge gender yes yeah like, I think RuPaul, as much as RuPaul's done so, so much, I'm not saying that they haven't, but the fact that they can criticize mm. trans people and the trans community means that they are just, like, more acceptable to the families that are just like, oh, okay,
1: yeah,
0: that's fine. Like, it, it fits with their a lot of their audience, mm. which is sad, but, it, like, it's hard because... RuPaul's Drag Race has done so much, Mm. but it's probably not the best representation of Mm. the community.
1: Yeah.
0: Which I think it's just got to remember like, it does so much for so many drag artists, but also, like we said at the beginning, just make sure that that's not the only media that you surround yourself with in terms of drag artists.
1: From this community, absolutely.
0: And also people that are not gender conforming and stuff Mm. like that. Yeah. It's just like you can't really get all your information from that. No because it obviously has to conform to certain standards so mm-hmm. that it will get more viewership.
1: Yeah, it's got to be the most... I don't want to call it sanitized, because I don't think it is sanitized. No, but... I don't think
0: it is. But compared to other drag acts, yeah, it is. Like, if you've actually seen drag, yeah, <laughs> and you compared that... Like, some drag acts, if you compared them to RuPaul's Drag Race mm. and how it's portrayed on there, you'd be like, oh, no, these, these yeah. are not the same. It's kind of World PG apart. drag. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, fracking, fracking. Okay, take it away. So, in a very Jeffrey Star move before Jeffrey Star did it, Jeffrey Star just wishes. Yeah, Jeffrey Star wishes that he was RuPaul.
1: That he was RuPaul. He would.
0: Yeah. So, RuPaul also has a farm in Wyoming.
1: <laughs> this is what I mean. Just, <laughs>
0: like, what's why going on in Wyoming? Tax benefits. Is that what it it's is? It's better tax. That's why, and I think Kenya oh, West has some land in does. Wyoming. It's to do with the tax. I don't know the full situation, oh, no. but it's tax based. That's why everyone just randomly has a acres in Wyoming. Guy. Yeah, what Jeffrey? Uh, Jeffrey, Please stop selling your yak meat. You were best friends with those yaks a month ago. He slaughtered them. He slaughtered the yaks. Everyone, anyway. <laughs> That's not my vegetarian rant. That's just, like, how could you make us love these yaks? No, just
1: she gave them names and everything. I, I
0: know, don't name them. your yaks if you're going to kill them. He's, like, oh. hugging them one minute. Next. In the grinder. Anyway. <laughs> so, RuPaul and his partner own 60,000 acres in Wyoming. And I think he was on... What's the... Is it NPR? Yeah. Yeah, so he's on NPR. And, um the guy's like asking him like what do you do with the land like mm-hmm. is it farmland um, and his response is that they lease mineral rights and sell water to oil companies Ooh. and then Terry Gross who's doing who's hosting does not follow up at all <laughs> like he's just like okay because also I don't think it maybe clicked that that what he was saying basically sounds exactly like fracking. Like, it, mm. that's basically fracking. So he just moved on. Because, <laughs> like, in the moment, I feel like if someone said that to me, I'd be like, okay. And then later on, you'd just, like, I don't know, you'd be asleep and you'd just wake up and you'd be that like, We'll yeah, come fracking! <laughs> uh, I'm not going to pretend that I know all the information on fracking. No. I but- don't. I don't really get it. Never got it. But it's bad. And it's bad for the environment. And I get that. But it also makes people a lot of money. Do they? here we go okay go Film on because i like if someone ex- <laughs> if someone says it i know what it is okay but so tell then. me what you did. this
1: might be completely wrong is it that you're like pumping something into empty gas like deposits i feel like we I'm just, just need gonna to google quickly... this rather than
0: yeah because it will give us a here's sentence. the most brief like way to explain fracking yeah um so hydraulic fracturing or fracking, as it's more commonly known, is just one small method of the broader process of unconventional development of oil and natural gas. Fracking is a proven drilling technology used for extracting oil, natural gas, geothermal energy, um, or water from on deep underground. So it's bad. Google it yourself. Do your research. Um, however, what I remember is, and I was telling Holly this beforehand, the the water coming out um of people's taps and if they held a like a lighter near it it would just go up in flames oh my god yeah so it's <laughs> uh, it's pretty terrible um so it was quite clear nothing really has happened with that however what i will say and i don't think people talk about this enough mm. so ruPaul guest stars on um an episode of bojack horseman okay i rem- remember this and i this is a thing i just never heard hear anyone talk about this <laughs> He plays a like queen ant, like he's like <laughs> the mother. I don't know what you call like a leader of an ant family, like yeah. a queen bee, There's but like queen. an ant, you know, ant yeah. queen, ant queen. Um, and the episode centers around like the reason that people, the two characters, are involved with the ant queen is because one character has been fracking so much <sighs> that the land has concaved and like they've ended up underground. <laughs> what what the irony like why is he like why is RuPaul in this episode why He probably didn't know that no was,
1: that was gonna be happening
0: oh just I don't think I don't think enough people are aware that RuPaul is fracking and has a fracking empire <laughs> in Wyoming in Wyoming so like i don't think he had a problem being on the episode because he was just like well no one knows yeah yeah because i don't think people really know what fracking is well all the drag queens aren't allowed to talk about it either i
1: feel like i've seen so bad. um was it sibling rivalry is it with um Monet and bob the drag queen yeah and it's just a very very funny podcast and um i think one of them goes to start talking and they're like oh can't can't talk about no. We can't be. We can't be talking about that. He's got
0: people signing NDAs <laughs> I mean, on fracking potentially. You're but not like allowed to Bojack Horseman was like, <laughs> <Go> <laughs> It wouldn't it. surprise me that they just didn't tell him that that's what the episode was about because Probably. they also had stuff. They the cast on that show wouldn't. Oh no, the crew like the writers were not allowed to unionize. Like it was something to do with oh, Netflix or something. And they have so much in the show about unionizing. <laughs> So I feel like they did do that quite a lot. So it wouldn't surprise me if they read up on the <laughs> fracking situation and just threw in this yeah. whole element of fracking. And they were like, "You know what? We should get because it's really funny. <laughs> it is really funny. Oh, that's hilarious." Anyway, yeah. um, one of my—I just want to share one of my favorite, like, iconic RuPaul moments because I just don't think we can forget it. It's really pop culture, mm-hmm. like, moment in history when RuPaul was on one of the Jimmy shows. Okay, don't know which one and jimmy jimmy fallon jimmy fallon goes like is oh, interviewing yeah. him and says you know you're like the biggest drag queen out there and then ruPaul goes drag queen <laughs> jimmy fallon No one had ever seen a man fear so much in his life. He didn't know what he'd done wrong. His face. He was ready to be cancelled. He was like, career ended, live on television. Life flashed before his eyes. Honestly, such shock, did not know. It's one of the funniest cuts ever. And then RuPaul just goes, I'm the queen of drag. That's, That's so iconic to me. It really is. And I love it. So I'm
1: thankful for that. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that for the for the drag queens that come out of it, Trixie and Katya could do anything. so much comfort coming from them. But all um Jinx Monsoon, all the all the drag performers in all the world, absolutely wonderful people. All um, of them,
0: even the ones that are terrible?
1: Well, not the terrible. Did you see the one that was like they had to cut them out of the show because turns out they'd catfished like five
0: different people pretending to be a casting director and got these men to like... Oh no, I do remember that. Do you remember when someone that we knew had a boyfriend and we were misinformed at the time that this person was a drag performer, but it was actually their roommate? I
1: remember the drag performer.
0: Yeah, well, one of our other friends misunderstood the story and told everyone like, oh yeah, he's a drag... like her boyfriend (laughs) is a drag performer. Her boyfriend was like the straightest man ever like would would like not not a man like not the sort of straight man that's like you know oh i love drag no the sort of straight man that's like no i don't like it i don't want to see it like that sort of person and she informed us that she was like yeah he's a drag performer (laughs) he very much was not (laughs) he very much was not her roommate was her roommate was a drag performer
1: oh i forgot about that yeah it was a heyday first year
0: it really was anyway that's all i have to say today yeah no please somebody
1: that's way more informed a part of the community engage with us talk to us yeah please um but, Tell yeah. us
0: where we've been misinformed or where you think that we've got stuff wrong. We and, love we will to and we will it, absolutely. address it. Or um, if we've, you know, maybe we've done an okay job, yeah, an okay job. and you could also let us know that. But also if we've not, please let us know. It's yes. more important that we are aware. And we educate. Yeah. Um. But we, happy pride. Happy pride once again. Once Second again. happy pride. <laughs> it's, <laughs> woo woo woo. It's, it's June. It's always <laughs> going to be happy pride. So yeah, happy pride. We love you very much. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Unless you're just horrible. Yeah. Unless you're that one person who got cut off drag race. <laughs> <laughs> for doing genuinely terrible things. Yeah. It's not funny. But and if then, you are them, you're the person we don't love. Bog off. Bog off. Bog off. <laughs> bog off. Okay. Bye. Bye.